He's like, yeah, Roger. <laughs> Peter! <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Like, I, there's one level of what I thought was going to happen, and then there's this. <laughs> this is this is all of this all of this is why i need to know i need to understand this relationship that you have with jock claude van damme everybody uh this is uh welcome back to long walk short drink this is palmer and with me as always is dave <laughs> hey man it's good to see you dave or yeah. hear you at least right um, yeah if i if i minimize my audio there's your beautiful face oh that's awesome so uh yeah man how's it going since uh, the last time we talked you went on a little mini vacation how'd that go good good i think i left the day after with uh the bride and i went to to uh to uh the greater Ritman area where you and i are both from as is oh she. yeah <laughs> though she's from a well <laughs> we'll leave it at that <laughs> just in case <laughs> um <laughs> and we saw some some family for uh for a few days and then um my birthday was on the 25th so we kind of took a trip for that uh away the I... two of us such a terrible friend. Happy belated birthday, by the way. <laughs> no, that's no, all fine. No worries. Um, so we went to uh, the UP, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, for a couple days, yeah. and that was really nice. Just the, well, actually, it was the two of us and our and Maggie May, our dog. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. Then I came back for two days and promptly left again for a, a sort of visit with different family in northern Minnesota. Um, and I just returned from that. Actually, this morning I drove directly to work from there. Um, so if I'm a little uh, off, it's because I've been up since five thirty without much sleep. But I've had a I've had a blast the last however long that's been. But I'm so excited that's, to be talking to you again. That's awesome. Like no, like I love. I don't know. I'm a big fan of road trips. I like driving. I like. I'm finding in my old age, just like with hangovers and drinking. It takes more and more recovery time. Like it's it's disproportionate how much recovery time it is to the, like the limited amount of fun that you get out of those things. <laughs> yeah, I felt like after uh, after Ashes and I's uh, road trip where we had went to visit you. Like I mean, I spent like it was a good solid three days. I felt like of sleeping <laughs> wow. and just because like, it was just like so much. So, oh man, I've heard that's awesome. Um, for, um... I feel like one of my brother-in-laws and uh, maybe our buddy Krams uh, also s- said this, something to the effect of like a good hangover drive, <laughs> you know, as though, as though the, it was, I don't know, s- like certain scenic routes or something over long trips. I was like, there's no such thing in my mind, certainly as a good hangover drive, but maybe it's a thing yeah. for, like endorphins for people who get them exercise like <laughs> you take it like you you take a hang like when you're hung over you go for a drive is that what they're saying yeah i mean kind of like that so if, if you were really hung over the day you guys were leaving that 
in some ways that would be somehow a good thing or maybe it was an an easy drive for someone who is hungover i don't know it, the the expression yeah. sort of baffled me because to me it's just like a nightmare I, I yeah i would not want to say I, I think if i was like i don't know that like my hangovers have also gotten disproportionately worse as i've gotten older and i think spending the time in a car is like the last thing i want to do if i'm like genuinely hungover like yeah hung over to the point that i'm like sick and throwing up and like I don't know. My hangovers just have gotten worse as I've gotten older. Like I went, uh, we were at Ash's folks house and, uh, he always, my father-in-law always likes to like drink with the boys when we, when anybody <laughs> comes to visit, like he with his sons and with, uh, with me. And every time I go, he's like, Oh, I got a bottle of Tito's. I just got a gallon of a gallon of Tito's in the basement. And the last time I just drank so much, I, I threw up all day. Like from the moment I woke up the next morning until like seven o'clock the following night, like I couldn't even put water in. Like I had the worst headache because I knew I was dehydrated and like I would just drink. I would like, well, maybe now by now it's like 11. I should be able to hold down a, one glass of water and I'd get halfway through the glass of water and be like, nope, here it comes. And oh. I'd like bring it right back up so like the headache just kept getting worse which made the like nausea even worse it's terrible that is oh that's awful i find that mine now yeah it's it's worse and stuff but i never i'm i so hate feel i i so hate throwing up that i will not drink to like that much i just yeah um i drink often and a lot but not that much <laughs> so, yeah yeah um but then i i find that like i won't always know till about midday and then and then i'm like oh I'm hungover. <laughs> it's like it doesn't hit me till noon or something. If I'm, you know, if I'm up for a few hours somehow. I can see that. I think I've, I've experienced that a couple times where it's like, you know, you kind of like give the test where you like open one eye and you're like, okay, I think we're okay. So then you get your breakfast and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I'm not okay at all. I don't know who yeah. I was fooling. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I've been there. So, I've been there plenty of times. What what have you been doing since we last spoke? Um, a lot of just like soaking up the last little bit of uh, my summer vacation by doing a lot of nothing. Uh, Ash and I, we actually got into a little, a little uh, tiff there, just where she was coming home consistently and like, so how was your day today? And it's like, I watch YouTube videos and fall asleep on the couch. Like I live, I'm living groundhog day. Like it's like, you want this, like, there's nothing exciting that's going to happen. Like from day to day, I'm just like, I'm just like vegging. That's what I'm doing. So, um, a lot she of that. She wasn't crazy about that, that plan. <laughs> oh no, no. Like she's totally cool with that. Like it was more like, what do you expect me to say? Like, you know, I do the oh, same thing every yeah. day. Like, like, what are we Do I have to go through it every day? Like that? I just watch YouTube videos and sit on the couch and hang out with our dog. That's what I do. Me and Tank, like, take naps. So, uh, did you say, did we, have we said what kind of dogs we have so the anyone listening could picture it? Uh, no, I don't think we've done that. So, so Tank uh, is what? Tank is, uh, he, well, we rescued him from the shelter. He was five when we got him. Uh, he is a, they told us, is a Shih Tzu Pekingese. Uh, so, his name uh, 
was officially on the card was Mr. Tank, MR period Tank. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't look it, but he's about 20 pounds. So my joke is always like his name makes sense when you trip over him in the middle of the night, like on your <laughs> yeah. way to the bathroom. Uh, but he's a Shih Tzu Pekingese. He's got like a major underbite. Ash had like these like stipulations when we were looking for a dog. I don't want a little dog. I don't want a dog with an underbite. And I don't want a dog whose tail flips up so you can see his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, so we had looked at all the shelters in the area and we found, like I found Mr. Tank and he has an underbite, like a really bad underbite. And uh, he's little and his tail is flipped up so you can see his butthole. <laughs> so, so he like broke all of the things that she said. Uh, which that's why you don't put declaratives on stuff. You just get disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but, he looks, uh, he's got his under. I've only seen pictures of him, but his underbite is like look. He looks like the Wolfman, like Lon Chaney Jr.'s. Yeah, kind of underbite, which endears him to me instantly. And to yeah, all it, other, that, um, that's per- year olds. <laughs> a perfect like explanation of his underbite. I always like you know he's always like looking at me while I'm eating, and my my old joke used to be like. If you can put all your teeth in your mouth, I'll cook you an egg for breakfast every day. Like, you know, <laughs> just like, and then he looks at me and like the underbite is still there. So I don't think I've ever seen all of his teeth in his mouth at the same time. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think it's possible for him to do it. So, and Maggie May, like what, what kind of dogs Maggie May now? Um, uh, she's also a rescue and we know a good amount of her as Beagle. And, um, and then we think like a rat terrier is what people kind of, that, that seems to be the most logical guess for the other half. So she's yeah. super mellow. Um, I guess that's the rat terrier part maybe. Also, she's getting older. Um, but yeah, she's such a good dog. And, um, it was a s- similar sort of, not, not, not quite that we were looking for one thing, but got the opposite. But, uh, we were looking once we moved to Minnesota from Ohio um, the bride was looking around. We had had a, a beagle named turtle that had lived to, uh, be 17 and he had, he had, uh, passed on and it had been a year or two since then. So I think she was ready, but the first dog we were going to go look at was, was what turned out to be Maggie Mae. And we're driving there and making kind of an agreement. We've seen some pictures and, uh, on the online and, and we're just sort of saying to each other, okay, we're not going to make any decisions there on the spot. We'll go yeah, and, yeah. and have lunch or something or, or sleep on it, anything like that. And so we're, I, I'm saying most of this. <laughs> and, uh, and then right. I <laughs> happened to glance over my shoulder. I'm in, in the passenger seat and see that she has all of turtles old stuff, like decked out in the back as though we're taking a dog home for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she just started cracking up when I saw that. And, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so we got there. We see her. She's one dog amidst a bunch of other foster dogs. And I think f- maybe foster kids even too. So, yeah. um, and she just was the, she's, she is the most submissive animal I've ever come across. And she just rolled over on her, her back and presented her belly to us and, um, you know, captured our hearts instantly. But we had just had, you know, we had just lost a dog to old age and she had some hip problems and, and, uh, knee or knee problems or some kind of problems. Like the, the littlest, uh, child came up and her, her original name was just May. And the kid goes, that's May. Her legs broken or something like that. I want to say ah! like her legs fucked, but I don't know what he actually <laughs> said. 
she's got a bum legger. It's just like a real honest kid. Like, hi, she's yeah. not the one. But uh, you don't want that dog. Yeah. yeah. And then we're like, oh man, she's so perfect though. Uh, but we don't want to go through losing a dog soon. And she's, right. she's got the, you know, we don't want to bring in a dog with health problems. So we negotiate again. We gotta step away. We're like, okay, we'll go have lunch and come back and 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 decide. And for some reason, we couldn't seem to break away. And then we started negotiating these smaller things like, okay, if we see her do these stairs to go in the house with no problem <laughs> to have the discussion, then we'll get her. And I think she did. And um, we, we brought her home. And, yeah, she's she's precious and perfect in every way. I've been away from her for a while. Uh, the bride doesn't come home. Um, we're not sure when she's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> She's just playing it cool. Uh, yeah. Because her family is up on this lake for another week or so. And she maybe wants to stop off and see some other friends, check in on them, etc. But um, so I hadn't seen Maggie. And now she's within, oh, not quite within arm's reach of me, hanging out here in the in the media corner. Uh, That's awesome. Speaking of media, what um, what uh, what, uh, what kind of YouTube video, what kind, what kind of things have you been consuming? Um... Well, like I, uh, right now, a lot of it's just been, uh, political stuff, uh, just because I can't, I can't bring myself to sit through like the DNC was last week and the week before was the RNC and like, I can't, it's too fresh for me to like, just sit and watch that. It's not inter- enjoyable for me. Um, be, you know, cause typically the channels that we have access to, to watch that stuff live, I, I'm either not a fan of the correspondents that are covering it or I, so I will typically wait until the next day when anything happens and then I'll find like my videos where it's just like nice and small and delivered to me in small pieces by like the correspondents that I prefer and the people that I like. Ash is very different on that. Like she um, really likes to watch like, and I watched uh, like Michelle Obama's speech and I watched um, all the speeches on the first night, like Joe Biden's speech, was really good too. And did, I and did I do really. Booker? Did you see Cory Booker's yeah. whole thing? And we caught that's yeah. when we turned it on, and that's the bride's like real love, not me. And so yeah. we saw the last like I don't know two minutes of his speech, and we we're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so. and that's like how they opened. Like he was like the first like big guy, right? And like. Man, yeah, all of that was good, but it's not, it just wouldn't be my first pick. So a lot of YouTube videos I have been devoting to that. And then, like, I have my guilty pleasure YouTube videos. Like, I'm a huge fan of uh, Thug Life videos. I think those are brilliant. Like, I have there's to write some, that down. I've never heard of that. What, like, what is... they're just amazing comedy where it's just these these factions or like people who have YouTube channels will just sit and scour like the best YouTube videos that are uploaded. And then they'll look for the one, they'll look for like the one thirty seconds of that video where, uh, it's just, I'm trying to think of like a good example. So, um, there's, all right. So like, I'm sure you have you ever seen the video of the of the two cats where like there's a cat on the top of the stairs that lead down to the basement and it's like smelling the stairs and the other cat comes behind it and like swats its butt to like knock it down the stairs. Have you ever seen that video? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so like they would take that video and play it out in its entirety. But in the last 30 seconds, they would take and do a, 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 
a screen capture of the cat that knocked the other cat down the stairs and then put like sunglasses on it like these like poorly 8-bit animated sunglasses with like a rap song playing behind it and it would say thug life like that cat's a thug because it like knocked the other cat oh. down the stairs <laughs> uh, i'm trying to see let, let me see if i could just let me see if i can find a good one uh let's see here and like fail videos i'm like and win videos i'm a big fan of both of those like just like people biffing it instant karma videos those are all good like like i make fun of ash for the type of television that she likes but i have like i love this like de these depraved like youtube videos or <laughs> just like brilliant comedy um i watch a lot of like uh making videos like darista is a guy who uh he's this uh maker i don't know any other way to say it in in new york who makes these amazing things but then he makes amazing videos of these him making these things and like knows just the right like they're just perfect enough where usually if you watch somebody making a project like a woodworking project or like um something like that like there's either like this huge intro and you're like all right get to the work already or like you're watching every like saw stroke that they're making and and chisel like blow that they're making on the thing and you're just like this is 45 minutes long of them like just doing this thing. I just need the highlights, you know, and Darista is like really good at his videos are just like perfectly made. Like they hold your attention and he slows down when he needs to slow down when he really wants you to see uh, a process that he's using. Um, let me see if I can find. How do you spell? How do you spell that guy's name? Uh, uh, D I R E S T A. Jimmy Darista is his name. D I R E D I R E S T A. Yeah. Jimmy. D I R D D I E D I E S D I R D Darista. Darista. I can't do it. Yeah. D I R E S T A. E S T A. Okay maker uh let's see here we should put somehow links for these in the metadata of how wherever this oh is yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm trying to think like i uh they just, they have all these like great, there's just like, there's so many great Thug Life videos that it's hard to like <laughs> copy link address. So like, this is a compilation that I'm going to send you. So it's like, a, it's like the best, uh, that's not it. Where'd you go? There we go. Here. Paste. So like this is it, you know like don't watch all ten minutes you'll get the idea in the first like minute or so. Hopefully I hit the right button. Okay. This. Let me see. If, Dude, uh, is, is that what is that guy lighting? <laughs> all right, let me see. Oh, this can't go well. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! Don't do Push. it. And you hear it like the music comes in. 
<laughs> I thought something bad was going to happen. That's I mean that's like that's thug life. It oh that's that's a great first one. I to see be this. your first thug life. Oh, oh, so Oh. Oh. Okay, I, I just saw the first one where the dude freaks out on uh, <laughs> he's in drag and then suddenly he drops the act <laughs> to uh, freak out on the dude. Is that the one? Is that the one you... Oh, man. Yeah. That looks fun. So the... <laughs> yeah, so they're just fun, and they, but they always have those like little like animations come in. Like They'll do a freeze frame from the video or they'll like and they'll just like have those animations come in and it will say thug life. And it's like, just like classic hip hop will be playing in the background. And <laughs> sometimes those are like <laughs> perfectly timed up. There's this one with a cat that like bursts through the like snow is covering the door. And it's, uh, that's the one I should have found. Let me see here. Cause that one is like, it's, it's really timed up. Well, uh, cat. Yeah, this is perfect. Oh my god, that's all snow? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that song too. <laughs> yeah. So they use it. They have like staple hip hop songs that they use, and that one they use all the time. Uh, <laughs> So I, I watch a lot of Thug Life videos, watch a lot of like instant karma videos. And those are uh, those are like instant karma, also YouTube. Yeah. Uh those are usually like People. a bully is picking on somebody or uh somebody's just being a D bag and then out of nowhere they just get their ass handed to them. Um <laughs> nice. either like physically or verbally or like they like trip or something like that. Um, here's, uh, let me see here. This is Jimmy Darista's page. Anything, uh, I, I, any of his videos are amazing. If you have, like, I mean, it's like woodworking and metalworking and machining and that kind of stuff. If you're into that, it's really good. Um, so you just kind of watch him make stuff just for fun, even if you're not going to make it yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, you learn like he does. He he's got one of his channels are like, um, what does he call them? Uh, they're like Darista talks or something like that where he like goes through and he it's like a commentary for a project and he'll like he does some where he like gives all these tips like one video is just on like the bandsaw and just like all these different tips for using the bandsaw and tape he has like a whole video on just like tape and how you can <laughs> little tricks that you can use tape in your projects while you're working and oh, cool. uh table saw and stuff like that and then other ones are just like projects and then 
you, I've, I've gotten so many good ideas and so many little shortcuts from watching his videos that are really awesome. So oh, that's neat. So yeah, that's, I mean, YouTube has really, really become like my new major source of entertainment. But the, the problem is, is I depend a lot on what their recommendations are for me. Oh. So like it, you fall into this trap of like, just you watch the same stuff over and over again. If you only depend on the recommendations. Um, so, and I don't think they're, I just don't think their algorithms as effective as like uh, a site like Netflix, like their, their algorithm, their recommendations change regularly. If you, when you log on to Netflix and like, they're generally very good. So, um, like they're either stuff that I'm like, yeah, I would totally, I would, that would be a, I've already seen that. So I'm, I know that that's why that ended up in my recommendations or I'll watch something if it, if I haven't already seen it, that's in my recommendations and those are good. Have you seen so, the? Have you watched the that uh, the new Netflix uh, series? This is it. Stranger Things is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I binged that. It was fantastic. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited. I was hearing a little bit about it, like how that it feels completely like an '80s movie, and how there's all these homages to Stephen King, and they. Yeah. They, oh, I heard all they the... sampled the grain of '80s films to like the film grain. So really, it, yeah. That, that's I mean, I heard that secondhand or thirdhand or something, but. That was wow, <laughs> that's uh no, that's really interesting. I uh I I did not read the article, but the the title that came across was like Stranger Things is a better '80s movie than actual '80s movies, <laughs> yeah. um, or something along that lines. And uh, I I could totally see that. Like it it is for sure. Like man, it's really good. Like just. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was very well done. It totally hit that, um, this like fine balance of, I don't know, like my favorite 80s, like, because I was a kid kid in the 80s, like I was born in 1980. So, you know, I was preteen all the way through the 80s. And uh, so my favorite movies from that time period are definitely things like The Goonies or um, Flight of the Navigator or Explorers. Like those are probably my top three movies that I went to that I kept going back to even now in my life. Uh, and all of those have this like sense of adventure and like friendship in them, you know? And yeah, and they're young the, kids. I, young kids are the protagonists and like a group yeah. of them. And that's, that's the same with this. Uh, and this is a yeah. Stephen King book or it's a compilation of Stephen King type stuff or it's just not even Stephen King inspired. <laughs> I think it's just, uh, I think it's, I think it, it is inspired. There's actually a couple, did I wait? Am I thinking of that? Right? No, I think that was something uh, like a movie that I watched that had like, they showed the bookcase and there was like four Stephen King books on that bookcase. Uh, this, I don't, Oh, I think you—you you of all people I know would know. So it must yeah, just I don't be think its own it, thing. Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure it's its own thing. I don't think it's based on any Stephen King thing. Okay, I don't. I I don't know who told me that. <laughs> yeah, they, they I don't know. Before. Like I, I I should. If only we had access to a supercomputer. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that we could check these things. Um, let's see here. Is stranger. Stephen King. 
that's a, I mean, that is one thing about the internet age is it kind of, it kind of ruins like speculation and discussion, right? Cause you're like, <laughs> well, let's just yeah. check. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just check on that. <laughs> it just reminded me of the Seinfeld where, uh, Kramer was doing the movie phone. Did you watch Seinfeld? Um, I watched uh, like some, like on and off. Kramer, got, I, I, his number was similar to the movie phone, like hot, yeah. hotline. So people yes. would call and he was just reading them the paper. And <laughs> and then I, it was like, if you want this movie, press one or, and he, it's all, you know, he's saying it all out. And then eventually he always just goes, well, why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that's so, so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause he doesn't know the tones. Um, <laughs> Uh, I just found an article that said Stephen King does love Stranger Things that he helped inspire, but I don't think it's based on anything. I bet it's like one of those things <laughs> more conjecture. I'm not going to look it up so that I could wildly speculate. <laughs> I bet it's one of those things like uh, Super 8 f- uh, felt like a Steven Spielberg movie fr- of that time. Yeah, and I, I definitely... I But I feel like I had that feeling more... For Stranger Things than I did while I was watching Super 8. Like I felt like Super 8 was J.J. Abrams trying to be a Steven Spielberg summer blockbuster from the 80s. And this was definitely um, hearkening to it more than trying to be it. You know, like this is... I grew up... Like you could tell the... the um, I forget what the brothers' names are that put this together, that put Stranger Things together. I could feel like... They were saying, these are all the great things that we loved about the 80s. And because of all of these great things, this is what we were able to make by growing up and those things influencing us. Uh, Whereas uh, Super 8, I really felt like was just J.J. Abrams trying to be like as he I mean, of course, that wasn't his intention to rip off Steven or Steven Spielberg. But um his version of paying homage to that was just trying to be that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think um, that's, I've kind of heard that elsewhere too. You know, that this, this, I, I was hearing, I'm trying to find out how old this dude is. I was hearing about it on Smodcast, another podcast I listened to. And, uh, and they were, they, they seemed to think that, or I think it was Scott Moser who had binge watched it. And he said that it, it felt very much like the eighties were it's a perfect sort of recreation or embracing of how the eighties were portrayed through movies, not necessarily how the eighties felt as right. uh, someone his age who was more of a uh teenager during the eighties than we were. But um I, it doesn't say how old these dudes are. He he thought they might not have even quite been born, but it seemed which is it's conceivable because he, he was just saying it was like this sort of reverence for a time that never actually was, but was right. perfect for like how it was, you know, presented on, um, in television and movies. Well, uh, Wikipedia, how old are these dudes born 1984? Oh, okay. So they're a little younger than us. Yeah. So they would have been, they would have been going back though to stranger. They would have been going back to these eighties things once they became conscious of them they weren't be, like they weren't new when they were discovering them they had already been around probably for at least a decade yeah right yeah. so um but i mean i don't know it uh man it was good 
I, have you watched excited. any any of it yet? No, I, I feel so behind. Um, like basically, well, you've been traveling for yeah. like the last. I'm behind often anyway. I mean, just in general, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Um, and you know, there's certain things that we decide uh, that we'll watch together uh, as a couple, and then um, uh, other things where she's like, "No, I'm not into that. You can watch that on your own." And then those are those in particular are the things that tend to go into some weird back burner because I get in these jags of watching entire people's um you know filmography right who have like right. a 30 year career <laughs> and it's like well it's, <laughs> i'm hoping that doing having these conversations and the, this uh podcast will help me branch out a bit and <laughs> and make the time for these sorts of things <laughs> oh yeah no i well and i mean you know once once my job picks back up at the end of you know here in the next couple of weeks i'm gonna have definitely have to be more choosy about like how I'm spending my free time watching stuff. Like now I can just like, I can, I can binge all eight episodes of stranger things over the course of a day and a half because I don't have anything else going on. You know, once school starts back up, it'll be much more difficult for me to do that. So, uh, that's why I'm kind of these last couple of weeks, I've really just been trying to get anything in that has even remotely piqued my interest uh, and it's funny cause you said, you know, talking about the things that we've decided to watch these together, Ash and I do that too. And, uh, it, uh, I, I was, I started stranger things and I was like, you really should watch this show with me. It's really good. And we watched the first episode and I realized like, and I'm pretty sure she realized pretty on that she wasn't, it was going to be a little more scarier than she typically will handle <laughs> so i was like yeah we're not we're not we're not gonna get back to that show Together. anytime <laughs> soon so <laughs> i was like i'm just gonna watch it so then i binged it and uh it was oh man it's really good really what, really good what are the ones that you watch together well uh we did lost oh right um, yeah recently um and then i'm trying to think what we we've actually been looking for another one to, to start. Uh, so like, um, I know, I know the bride had recommended that orphan black. We thought oh, yeah. about that one. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good one. It's just, it's just hard. Cause she's so she's in the thick of her graduate program right now. So she just doesn't really have the time. Like she used, like she did when we went through lost where we could watch two or three episodes in a sitting. And, uh, She's much more socially active than I am, so uh, she typically has things going on outside of the house. Uh, so, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm becoming more and more of a hermit. And, uh, yeah, That's so... not necessarily bad. And so sort of cyclical sometimes, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, well, and I mean, we've... Um, We've been watching more movies together than television shows. Oh, so. that's awesome! I'm a little jealous of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, like Friday, we watched. I, I told her I was like, I just want to sit on the like. I I want to make homemade pizza. I just want to sit on the couch and like. So fine, fuck. Because like we we'll spend so much time trying to decide what movie we're gonna watch together, and so I told her I was like, you know, to be proactive on that pick five movies that you would be willing to watch and then I'll I'll pick one of those five. Uh so we ended up watching Guardians of the Galaxy, which was great. For the so is this a first time viewing or you'll rewatch things that way too? 
Uh, well, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy at the drive-in last summer when it came out. And so that was the really the first time we'd watched it since it had come out on video. Oh, um, I, and I will also try to show her things that because, uh, you know, I'll drop a movie quote and she'll just I'll just and I'll laugh. And she just has this look like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know, it's from this movie. You saw that, right? No, I never saw that. So, like, I, I have really broadened her, uh, what she's seen since we've been together. Uh, like, she had never seen Fight Club. That was one that she really had a lot of pushback on that. Um, and I was like, seriously, it's not the movie you're expecting. If you just, like, watch it. And typically, there's been a couple, and I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there have been a couple where she's just like, yeah, I don't need to ever watch that again. Um, <laughs> but, like, most of the time, we'll do where I'll, she'll dig her heels in on something, and I'll finally be like, look, I promise you, you could turn it off anytime you want, but just watch it. And she'll watch it and be, and then, like, Fight Club, she came back, like, three days later and was like can you believe like blah 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 and i'd be like yeah i know it's crazy right and like so it's really good that it like they you know it sits with her like that uh silence of the lambs i think was the most recent one where i was like listen this movie won the big five there's only three movies that have ever done that did we already talk about this I don't think Silence of the Lands. We talked about Fight Club in the in the 1999 discussion last time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, like Silence of the Lambs won the Big Five, and there's only two other movies that have ever done that. And Silence of the Lambs came out in our lifetime. Like that, we you should really see this movie. It's and uh, we watched it, and she absolutely loved it. And her, she just doesn't like horror movies, so she gets this. Because unfortunately, like the sequels that are really just like gore fests and exploitation films, like those get all like there's been more of those than there's been the Silence of the Lambs. And so it's like, you know, all of those are like the gory horror fests and Silence of the Lambs, though, is like this really good psychological thriller, which is one of your favorite genres. Like there's hardly any like gruesome stuff in it. What is gruesome is pretty gruesome and graphic, but um the rest of it is just this big psychological thriller. That's the, it's just this power play between, you know, Starling and Hannibal, and just watching that happen with both the cinematography and the body language and the and the words that are being said and the way it's edited together is just really brilliant. And you really should watch this movie. So she did, and she loved it. Is that one that that that, ha, that you've seen on that? There, you told me about that YouTube uh, series. That's the. The analysis, I can't remember something every every picture of painting or every frame of every, painting. Every frame of painting, yeah. Is there a Silence of the Lambs of that one? Um I no, I think there's a screen rant actually though that uh breaks down the um a really good scene. Let me see if I can find that. Uh so that way I can get you links. Um, I like that as a segment, uh, what you and Ash watched last <laughs> or, you know, Oh, I like that. I thought that would be probably the, what the discussion would focus around for this episode is like, what kind of segments are we thinking? Oh yeah. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah. I think I had some stuff from last week too, 
That, yeah, and that that could kind of be. Um, I wonder, yeah, if that might tie into Palmer's picks at some point, or if that's a new kind of uh, spin on that old um, formula, or something new altogether. There is an there is a every frame of painting on that. It's called Who Wins the Scene. Oh, cool. Um, um should I watch oh that? Oh man, there's the there's like Yeah, you should definitely watch that. Um Some of all these, of these I have I, I I think too I need to um I mean I I'll fall behind, but I, I think I want to follow through with at least something where something where it's like my homework. And maybe I'll have homework for you sometimes, but I think more often than not, Oh yeah. It was no, be I the way around. <laughs> Um, well, and I, I was thinking too, like, because um, one of the ones that popped in my head, I have never seen an Akira Kurosawa movie, like, oh, yeah. like Seven Samurai or any of those. Like, uh, I've never watched one of those. I, I've seen like, you know, I've seen them referenced and I've seen scenes from those, but I've never, I think, never uh, seen I think one of them all the way through. The... I've seen a few. I I I love them more as an idea than I truly love to watch them. Like I probably haven't seen any of them more than once. But there is. Yeah. I feel like there's um. There's uh oh I'm blanking on it. Oh the, the hidden fortress I think is the one essentially where this kind of relationship between two sort of bumbling, <laughs> um bumbling idiots but also sort of the these two kind of um naive type characters through which you are that are your um your proxies for for the story that's unfolding basically the c-3po and r2d2 relationship right in Star Wars. right so i've seen that i don't remember that one super well yojimbo i've i maybe have seen that one a couple times because that is the template for a fistful of dollars and um like last man standing that um that the the so all of his are samurai movies uh kurosawa so a samurai comes in and um he kind of plays both sort of um sort of gang factions of a town against each other for, right for his own advantage and that one is pretty awesome uh seven samurai is is you know like the magnificent seven uh that's where that came from and i think something else like that i've seen that i don't remember it super well uh Rashomon is the one that I think I've seen most recently and quite like. And that's the one where I don't know if it's the first time but it's like the seminal example of a story being told from several different perspectives that are different, you know, um right. Kind of like the well a lot of a lot of, you know, television shows will, will do it in some ways. I was going to say like Tarantino in pulp fiction, but not exactly. But it, it that that is a that's a that's a pretty cool one. Whatever one you watch, for sure it's got to have. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his first name, Mufune. Um, oh crap! I have Rashomon over there. I also have the internet. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> I want to say Tashiro, but uh, what was the first one you said with the two like bumbling idiots? I think that one's a hidden fortress. Hidden fortress. Yes, yeah, Tashiro Mufune. That guy is just electric because you know some old movies you watch and it kind of feels like a chore <laughs> right um, right i think him it's kind of and then there's other movies you know regardless where you just feel like there's such a craftsmanship going on that that it that alone is entertaining and you know like um you know citizen kane or something like that but, but mufune is such a magnetic 
and to kind of dangerous and, and funny actor uh, that he makes. He's really like compelling. So but he, he's in almost all of well he's in the, awesome. the major he's in Hidden Fortress too it looks like Rashomon that would be the one that one or yeah Rashomon is cool because that that's got that kind of convention of the okay the sort of unreliable narrators where it tells this thing through several different um, perspectives yeah that's a, that's a good one that would be a that would be my sort of homework for uh, Kurosawa from a a novice <laughs> appreciate no like I, well and i mean like it's just you know as a as a movie person this is where you feel self-conscious as a movie person where you hear somebody talked about over and over and over again and then you're like yeah i've never i've never seen any of his work so um though i mean but i'm sure as you start to as i as a, if i were to watch these things i'll realize i have seen his work uh through influence on a bunch of people that I do like or that I have seen a lot of their work, but not that I do that. Not that I am assuming I will not like his movies from, you know, without having seen them, but I'm pretty sure I watched Yojimbo because it's, it's prominently featured in the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like oh, the caliber. That's awesome. I mean, most of the, most of the really classy pictures I saw, I saw when I was much younger and really yeah. get, getting into film making and um, nowadays, I find I just want to watch comedies, or, or or if I'm doing this thing where I'm going through somebody's body of work. But there's like right. you know the latest sort of gut wrenching drama, and I'm just for probably as long as the bride and I have been, you know, together, I've just been like, I don't need that. I'm happy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally get that. Uh, I, I'm, but I. Drama, definitely. I, that has never been one of my big go-tos. Uh, I just feel, though, with comedy that it's just... It has to be really intelligent. For I, I, I think my take on it is... Is I'll watch anything... I, I need to have a, a, some kind of expectation that it's going to be... That I'm going to like it before I'll jump into it. I used to be much more much less picky. I would, you know, my, I, I still like to say this is my philosophy that every movie is worth watching at least once because you need to be able to form your own opinion about it. Um, but I find though that my time when I'm not on summer vacation, but my time is there's not just not a lot extra of it that I can't just waste it on crap. You know, yeah, like I can't yeah. waste it on, I can't waste two hours on a movie that I'm like, man, I really wish that I hadn't wasted two hours on that movie because there's plenty of other movies that I'm sure I would have enjoyed to waste two hours on, you know? Um, and that gets really, that that's really hard because it used to be so much easier for me to just like, yeah, let's just watch it. We'll see what it is. Like, we'll see what I think about it after we watch it. And now it's like, if I, well, in two going to the theater is just so expensive, you know, that, you go to the theater and you're like, I just wasted $35 for two of us to go to the theater and get a popcorn and a soda for a piece of crap. And I yeah. think comedy is like the easiest one for them to get crap on the screen. Um, so I have to make sure that it's like comedians that I really like and uh, or directors that I really like for a comedy, for me to be invested in a comedy. I think I, I I'm on a big horror kick right now. Like... I've been watching a lot of horror stuff over the last couple of weeks. Um, 
but science fiction is still like a go-to for me. Classics, like what I consider my classics, are always a go-to. Um, I've really been having a lot of fun over the last couple years exposing Ash to stuff that she hasn't seen. Uh, which is nice because it gives me another excuse to watch all this stuff that I, I find near and dear to my heart. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And how, then how long I, have you guys been together? Uh, since 2013, so three oh. years now. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So the bride and I have been together, uh, I guess it'll be about like about about ten and a half years, I guess. But I, I very fondly remember, I'm, I'm, I, I created some kind of a, a binder printout of like my top 10 and very because of genres. course you did of course i did yeah. yeah yeah i couldn't i didn't but i didn't rank them because i can't rank anything i there, right. it's probably alphabetical i should find it if we take a break i'll, I'll find it or or not it because it's funny i mean it's too much to read aloud <laughs> but some samplings are are interesting but uh, it was super fun i and so we would watch some of those but i also I guess even just the creation of that list was, was fun. I remember, so I think I did that in 2006 and so it stops there, but gosh, in a lot of ways, my, <laughs> my general purview of, of uh, being up on things stopped around then too. Yeah. It just, I, I don't know. Like, I just want to, I want to, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's, I feel more guilty about time that I waste on things like that, like on movies and, and video games and all the all that like so for me to feel less guilty i need to know that it was for something that was that i found worthwhile you know as yeah. opposed to just like oh we just wasted two hours so um do you rely on reviews when you're making those decisions or is it more i other things? yeah well for especially if i'm going to go to the theater i will bring up the uh rotten tomato uh rating that'll be the like the first thing that I'll look at. And it's like I and if it's something I really want to see. So if it's something I'm on the fence on, if it's if it's not guaranteed fresh, like if it doesn't have the red tomato, I don't even bother. I'll wait for it to come out on video or um whatever. Uh if it's something I really want to see like it's a you know, cuz everything's a reboot now. So if it's like a franchise that is has some kind of sentimental value to me um, and it's not guaranteed fresh, I will start then looking at the, I, I will read the reviews and look at those and say, and see what they're picking apart. So if it's, um, you know, if it's a franchise that's like really close to my heart and all the, and they, it has poor reviews because they're saying, oh, it's just doing what the original did over and over and over again. And I'll be like, okay, so I'll probably like it. So then I'll, right. I'm more inclined to like waste that money on it because it's like, I'm just seeing something that's familiar to me, yeah. uh, which is. That's it. Uh, I like that way of, of doing, cause it's not like you're really taking their advice. You're just getting the information from them as to what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yes, uh, that sounds perfect for me, even though they're saying it was a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't think that's going to be bad at all. That sounds awesome. So, um, so yeah, I will, I will typically do that. I try not to too much though, because it's just so easy to run into spoilers and, oh God, yeah. um, all of that. And I, I don't know. I was really going to the movies a lot. Uh, there's a, like, there's a chain of theaters that are here in Dayton that, um, would have half price days Ooh, and yeah. they, they'll do a half price day. The one that's like, and I'm in between the two theaters. 
So one is on Tuesday and one is on Wednesday. So it's like you can go back to back like Tuesday and Wednesday and see like good movies like for decent prices. And then they do this thing where in January from Dece through December and January, they'll sell like a hard plastic bucket and cup and it's 750 for the to initially buy it but then you can keep for the whole re rest of the year you can bring those back and then refill them for 3 bucks each oh so yeah so it's like like oh so such a brilliant like <laughs> so brilliant so it's like for you know you have that little investment in the beginning but then you always get your popcorn and soda for like a decent price you're not like paying an arm and a leg so uh, we really like that a lot too. And it's like just enough popcorn and just enough soda that like Ash and I can share those things and not feel like we're shorted at all. So, oh, cool. uh, but yeah, I, uh, I do have some good theaters around here, which is nice. You know, Northeast Ohio, you had to do some driving to get some, to get to good theaters. Yeah. So. We, we don't have a theater in, in, uh, in Northfield. There are two, two colleges, but no movie theater. Um, oh. So we have to drive, I think, the minimum of about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. So it's kind of like the Northeast Ohio experience we had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't mind so much. But we don't go as much as I would like. And, and and both of us really like to go to the movies. So we'll find ourselves there after a long period. It's just like, why don't we do this every day? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, And I could, I feel like I, I, and that's the funny thing is like, I feel like I could, if I'm going to like a movie... I'll like it in the theater, you know, like I, I, I am very, um, affected by the experience of going to the movies. Like, it's really hard for me to say that movie was trash. If I saw it at the theater, you know, like with the big giant screen and all the people there, I love midnight shows. Like that's my, if I'm going to pick yeah. when to go see a movie, it's at a midnight show. Cause it's typically just fans that are going to be there. So, you know, it's not going to be like a bunch of assholes in the audience. Like, on their cell phones and talking during the whole thing. And it's like, and I, oh man, I love midnight shows. That's my favorite. Oh, but, I think that was one of the categories of my little, of my little list. As I, speaking of categories, we were thinking about trying to figure out what segments. Uh, oh yeah. To, to regularly feature. I definitely think that's one. What do you think about because of your old Palmer's pick show? And then the way that you and Ash go about doing the movie thing where, so she, she, picks five and then from that five you pick one and that's the one is that usually the way it works um well that's how we did it this last time but i mean that's easily a, a something to replicate like we could replicate that process um i i it's almost though like i've almost been playing this like reverse palmer's picks where like i could recommend a movie to her or like watch a movie with her and then she could like i pick it and then she could be like, yeah, no, that's garbage. Or, yeah, I really like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was thinking about it like that, too, where it's like it's a Palmer's pick in a different way. It's like you chose the movie to watch out of the five. But I, I, I know for sure I'd be curious to know, like, the five that she narrowed down to and then the one that you ch chose and then whether or not. Uh, yeah, just and, and less less of like yes or no and more just that that's the movie that's under discussion because you uh, would have discussed it with her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I could give you. I I think I know some of these movies that she picked on Friday. So you could. I mean, it's it was glaringly obvious which one I was gonna pick out of the list. <laughs> what was it? Because it was it was like there was like the room was on there. 
oh, I've never seen that. Oh, you know what I'm thinking too? And I don't know if we'd want to do it right this second, but as a listener and as your friend, I would love for this segment to be the two of you talking about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just have her, the two of you on one mic talk about which ones were under, you know, and then what, which one you watched and why and whether or not. She oh, that, it. that that could totally be a good segment. You think she'd go for, for it? Uh, I could talk to her about it and see what she thinks. Um, you know, cause we just need her and we could really record that part at any point in time. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and it could be like a roll it. It actually also could be a, if you have an easy way of doing video, it could be a, you, that could be the, YouTube, it could be a YouTube function, you know, because. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. That's totally um, true. Yeah. We sort of roll it in the, in the podcast, but it'd be a shorter segment and thus more kind of YouTube friendly. Um, yeah. Oh no. I like that. Uh, yeah, I will, uh, I will definitely talk to her and see if we can, I was even saying though, like even on our recording days, like she could just come in at the beginning and we could just hammer that part out really quick. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then we could edit that, drop that into wherever we wanted to put that. Yeah. Uh, Are you talking to me? What what kind of a a window or a a Mac? Uh, no, I'm on a windows computer. Okay. Cause I know the, on the Mac, you can steal the same, uh, auto like cam. So do you have an easy way of capturing video? Oh yeah, like computer? this. You could record yeah, there's like a, this. There is a webcam on on there, so, um, yeah, I could totally, I could totally do that. That we should try. We should try it because that'd be a cool, cool thing. I think. Uh, I don't know. I would watch that if you if you had this independent <laughs> of me. I would check you guys out each week to see what you <laughs> just <did>. like <laughs> what she picked and then yeah. what we watched and then what we thought like what our takeaway was. Yeah, from it. yeah, yeah. And I think the no. idea that it, it can be a limited. Uh, thing you know try to keep it the 10 minutes or whatever though though not limiting yourself but like at least phrase it to her that way so she's like no, right i'm not going you know yeah yeah shouldering that responsibility well i uh um we we usually we try to be democratic i mean a lot of the time she defaults to me because she's like you've seen so much more and you have much stronger feelings about it than i do like she's got very uh, I'm not trying to like make her sound bad, but she has like just a minimal amount of rules. Like I don't want to see, she's so empathetic that she doesn't like a lot of violence and she does not like a lot of gore and really she can handle the violence. Like she watched fight club without a problem. And there's like the, there's some rough stuff in there. Yeah. The beating of angel face is probably yeah, like one of the most gruesome things that I've ever seen on film. Like yeah. it's just, it's, the it's horrific. Hates that movie. And I'm pretty sure that's the single reason why. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she loves that movie. Um, and, and horror movies, she's just, she's doesn't like supernatural stuff because she carries that with her. And yeah, and I, I and I can do that. Uh, we have I, to have these discussions. She's got to do it. I'll beg her. If yeah. She go for it right away. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, it, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we could make that happen. So you're at such a fun place, like in your, in the longevity of your relationship too, to be having these early, like I couldn't quite do that with my lady love because we've already, you know, we've already done it uh, so many times. Right. But, uh, right. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be as fresh. Yeah. yeah well, and it could be a different, I like that because it could be a different swing of Palmer's picks. Like maybe she picks one movie that I have to watch. Cause like, she's got an extensive, extensive knowledge on like romantic comedies. Which and I, slash I have comedies. A, see, I think it'd be fun to throw me into this mix too, because you guys will have certain, discussion in like a kind of a couple's dynamic 
But like, once yeah. you get onto romantic comedies, I might be able to hang, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least for uh, a certain and, window of uh, years. <laughs> and musicals. Like, she loves musicals, too, which is, like, I still am strongly against. So, yeah. they just make me... It's as uncomfortable as watching an episode of The Office, which is another, like, I... I can't. I love The Office. I think it's brilliant, but I can't watch it because it makes me uncomfortable. I feel embarrassed for the people. Even though and it's the American one. Yeah, even the American. I actually watched all of the British one. I had no problems making it through that one, uh, but watching the American one, it it just makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel so embarrassed for these people <laughs> putting them, themselves in these situations. And I feel it's the same thing with musicals because one person just breaks out into song and it's like, that doesn't happen in the real world. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's so awkward and weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it does not bother her at all. So maybe we could do like, she picks a movie I have to watch and I pick a movie for oh, her yeah. to watch. I mean, we'll watch you them could, together. Yeah. You could but then, trade off weeks or something. Yeah. And then we have to talk about them and like why, and, it, and it's Palmer's picks where it's like two Palmers then at that point in time. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, then I you think, know, you know, as non, you know, it could be a thing where if you don't watch a movie that week, it's like, I'll be like, hey, you got a Palmer's pick this week. You're like, no, we didn't watch a movie this week. We did this this week, you know, so we don't have one. So yeah. Because I, I think the more it feels like a chore to her, if, if she's not into it, the, the the least, the less likely it will be to continue. <laughs> uh, you, may of, be, you know, we don't want to ruin a real thing you're doing. Oh no, she she. Uh, I mean, I I'll talk to her about it. I like that idea. So let's let, let's say, Palmer's like a, a new new Palmer's pick, and, and it could be like Palmer's with no apostrophe. Then like oh yeah, or is the apostrophe is after the S on account of the yeah yeah yeah. There you go. Yeah, Palmer's pick instead of Palmer's picks, it's Palmer's pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I like that. Um. And then we talked about like Dave's homework. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to prioritize. <laughs> but that yeah. that would be good though, because if it is like one thing that I can, I can make that happen. Yeah, I think. Uh, did you fit it? Well, you speaking of like uh, of prioritizing and homework, uh, you had mentioned you were about you had started Turbo Kid. Yes. Did you make it any further in that at all? No, or? I think it was, it might've been similar to, yeah, I think it was like, like when you were here and you were telling me about, uh, the Canon documentary. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not full tilt boogie. It's electric bunk book. Uh, electric boogaloo. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like electric bunghole. That's right. a totally different movie. <laughs> oh my God. Where I started to watch a little bit that night, and then I did finish it the next. So I did the same with Turbo Kid, I think, after our last or first uh, podcast. But then it would, the next day we left for a trip. And so yeah. I didn't. Oh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, something like that. So I haven't returned to it. And it's been long enough now where I have this vague memory of how it starts because I feel like I got 15 minutes in, if that, right before bed. Yeah. So I'm just going to restart it. Um, oh, that's probably a good good call. Um. I don't know if I would want that to be your homework assignment, though. Yeah, we should go through. I have a list of things, and we'll pick. We could pick one. Okay. Um, what do we? What do we have? So maybe let's pick one. Pick one now, and then we can change it if later. Okay. From last week, I have Queens of the Stone Age, Songs for the Deaf, uh, Beyond okay. the Black Rainbow, the movie about. I guess for. In case this is uh, somebody's first, <laughs> if it is, go back and listen to the other one. <laughs> yeah, just go listen to that one. <laughs> uh, Mystery Men, 
the Thirteenth Warrior, Soaked in Bleach, the Nirvana doc. Um, yeah, that was from last week. And I guess we'll throw into that Turbo Kid, which is left over from. Uh, sure. And then, what else? Do we want to stick with? Or t- and then this week we got Stranger Things. I mean, oh god, yeah. I think series wide, those should be something else. Just because uh, we'll we'll binge stuff but not more than like i'd say two or three episodes like on a, on a weekend day or something and we never okay. really binge the full thing because the bride hates to finish things she enjoys and then, oh yeah so then there are, are also a lot of tv shows we start to watch that m- maybe just fall by the way we have a lot of shows i realize that we watch together or try to um anyway so series will be harder but that i definitely want to watch that one and if she doesn't want to watch with me, that'll um, make it come Help faster. Help expedite it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> make it come faster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Story of my life. I suppose, That's a yeah. subtitle of my autobi- <laughs> autobiography right there. Uh, uh, thug Life. Um, the, oh, yeah, the, Thug Life stuff. Uh, the Jimmy Diesta. Uh, Darista. Darista, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> Like random races. <laughs> okay. Instant karma. <laughs> Instant karma. Um let's see. And then every well, every frame every- of painting. I think those ones that are series will have to be like the YouTube channels and stuff should be yeah. single single things that you know, specific ones. Uh anything jump out at you? Um I like the idea of us having a movie that like we're going to watch for the next episode and we give a certain amount of time like talking about that movie. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, the two of us even, yeah. Yeah, so like the like in my opinion like the the YouTube stuff, I feel like that's stuff that you could just like pick at. I mean, you can watch you could spend anywhere from a minute and a half to an hour and a half on any one of those YouTube things. Like there's enough thug life and there's enough like <laughs> Darista and all that stuff that you could, you know, you could watch one of their videos and get the idea of what they do in them. Or if you end up really liking it, then you could totally spend the next like three hours watching those things. Um, so I really, I, I mean, those don't really need to be, I wouldn't see those. I definitely check them out, but I, I like the idea of like the homework being either, um, an album is really good, but I feel like I would get more music stuff from you than the other way around. You, you should definitely check out that Queens of the Stone Age album, though. It's really good. Um, but I like the idea of a, of a movie where we... Because I would, I would probably refresh my memory by watching it, too. Yeah. So that I knew what we were talking about. Um, and worst case scenario, yo, worst case scenario, if you don't get a chance to rewatch that, I'll... My having watched it will jog your memory to some extent, or we can oh. always table it until you have. All right. Um, well, the, the, so let's let's go movies, okay. and then let's. So then that's uh, the um, under the black rainbow is one oh, right be, or beyond? Yeah, beyond is it beyond? It's beyond. Yeah. Oh, okay. Beyond the black rainbow. That one sounds exciting. Um, Turbo Kid is exciting. Um, uh, Turbo Kid. And then I have, I watched some stuff this week though. That was oh. really good. Um, so, uh, there's one on Netflix right now. That's called, uh, the circle. The circle. 
And um, so I'll, I'll give you a brief rundown of what these are uh, so you can get an idea. Uh, so the circle is 50 people. It, this is very along the lines you, we had mentioned uh, the Cube movies. Oh, yeah. This one is, is very, <laughs> very similar. I know what it is, but I've never seen the Cube. Yeah, it's very similar to that concept. So like 50 people wake up in this room and they don't know how they got there. And they have to decide who's the one person in that room that gets to live. Oh god. And it and and, and it's like 45 minutes it's not very it's not a very long movie because it only takes place in that one room with those 50 people and but it it is a brilliant uh lesson in psychology and in, in how they it's this mixed bag of people from all different areas and how that dynamic happens it i i mean i i think a psychologist wrote it, it it's that well done oh wow so there's so there's that i mean i don't think it is actual psychologist wrote it but it could be a psychology class like it's that good um i just watched uh what did i watch today oh um they look like people the, which is another, uh, it's an independent uh, horror-ish movie, and uh, it's about a guy who thinks that you don't you don't know if he's actually crazy or if uh, he's telling the truth, but he thinks that there is a conspiracy, uh, almost like a they live type conspiracy going on, and um, that one's really good. And then, what is, I got to find the name of this last one. I watched it. Uh, it's about a woman who is in a cabin. She's a writer and she's deaf. And there, it's like almost like a, a true crime type movie. There's a, a man who comes and like essentially messes with her through the course of an evening uh, leading up to the point where he's going to kill her. And, uh, but she is deaf and, and mute in the whole movie. So, uh, that was really good. Let me see if I can find the name of that. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not as bad as the strangers. Uh, if you've ever seen that with, Oh with yeah. Neff that, that I, I, that is a particular fear of mine. That idea of looking out into your backyard and seeing something menacing. That is yep. the worst. You know, I saw, I watch, we have these channels here. We get, there's a lot of things we don't get and it's very frustrating uh, cable wise. Um, but there's, there's these, it's like Retroplex. It's a few other channels, maybe like two or three channels that play movies unedited and uninterrupted and um, in, an interesting selection of things. Uh, and uh, I came across in the last couple of weeks, um, I spit on your grave. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah. I've always heard of that. And I had, yeah. a, I, and, um, in the last year I, I started to watch all of Wes Craven's movies. And so I had seen also, um, the similar one that, uh, last house on the left. Oh my God, what upsetting <laughs> stuff. But I like, yeah, kind of caught of those... it. I realized it was on Ugh. and I, kind of just it was like a train wreck i couldn't look away and ended up watching the whole thing but like late at night oh it's awful <laughs> oh yeah like well um what's funny is larry is who like 
I borrowed both of those movies, Last House on. Like, did you watch the original ones or did you watch the remakes of both of those? Uh, I did. Wa- I ultimately watched the the remake of Last House on the Left, but I I actually was got curious about that because when Wes, when Wes Craven passed away, um, they replayed his Fresh Air interview with Terry Gross, which in which she talked about having seen that movie, and um, I'd always heard that title and was intrigued by. I had no idea what it was about. And had seen very little of his movies other than Scream. So I became fascinated and had recently gone through like William Friedkin's catalog and uh, I, uh, John Carpenter. And I thought, oh, it'd be fun to do a- another guy like that. So so I started there and it was just like, oh, man. Um, I did not know what I spit on your grave was at all. I just it was like, you know, when you turn to a channel and it says what the title is. And yeah. when I turned through those channels. I'm always, it's like a, a staggering amount of time recently. I, I'll turn there and blue velvet is on. And I'll be like, Oh, I got to watch blue. Velvet. I don't, but I, I think about it. I'm like, Oh, I should yeah. watch blue velvet, but I have blue velvet. I can watch it whenever I want. But that one came on and it was in, you know, it was early on something horrible. And I was just like, Oh geez. And I get on IMDB and it's kind of got sucked in and got scarred by it. But anyway, for, for some reason that the one you must've found the title, the last one now, reminded me of that and it was that was that was one of the things i've seen probably most recently and then i i can't yeah. say i enjoyed it <laughs> you know like um what's funny is i i i really don't like i i think those two movies i can understand the impact on cinematic history they had because they uh you know exploitation i was a big Part and it really influenced a lot of directors that I like now, like Quentin Tarantino. Like where we wouldn't have Quentin Tarantino without that genre of film, I think. Yeah. Um, and Wes Craven, you know, got his start with movies like Last House on the Left, and um, so again, we wouldn't have things like Nightmare on Elm Street and all that without without that. But you know, one of my family's mottos is "Nothing is sacred," and uh, I think I I really try to embody that. My nephew is another person in my family who I think really tries to embody that. I don't, he's not the type of person where, and I'm not, I don't mean this as a, as a harsh criticism against him. I, I, you know, especially if any, if there's any chance that he ever ends up listening to this, uh, he is a really sentimental kid and really like, um, we, we see, but we see eye to eye on a lot of emotional things, but I never would peg him as the type of person, uh, uh, last house on the left, the remake of that came up and he's like, I can't handle that movie. I would never have thought that just because of his like personality and his mentality that he's like, I, I can't make it through that movie. It's too, it's too horrible. And, yeah. and it, it really is like, it's just so, uh, it's, it's a definitely a one timer. Like I, there's <laughs> no, there's never any part of me where I'm like, oh, I think I better pop in and I spit on your grave again, you know. Right, um, yeah. uh, Cannibal Holocaust is another one that I got from Larry. Uh, I think I know of that one, but never have seen it. Um, I guess we should say for anyone who's curious about those movies we were mentioning that what makes them so horrible is like they're super rapey. <laughs> yeah. It's upsetting. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and well, in Cannibal Holocaust, and they're like super graphic. It, yeah. Like, it's not even the um, uh, well. There's no way to say this that doesn't sound terrible. The I mean, the rape stuff is terrible, and that it really affects me. But like the the scene in uh, 
Last House on the Left that really, I mean, here's spoilers abound again, I guess. Is this the remake? Uh, well, uh, no, in the original one, um, like where he's, he like makes that girl piss her pants. Like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is just horrendous. Like it's, it, 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 I mean, and there, I mean, of course the rape stuff is all bad, but like that, that just like takes psychological torture to like this whole other level and just in, oh man, that's, that's bad. And then the scene and I spit on your grave, like the bathtub scene, that one really, oh, really yeah, stuck with yeah. me a lot. Like, um, and she like, kind of like sits outside the door and like listens to that man, like bleed out and yeah, like, right, yeah. Uh, oh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the audio of it, you know, and you're, you're, you, I mean, you see enough to know what's happening. Yeah. But then like, she's just on the other, if I remember the scene, right, she's on the, uh, like the outside of the bathroom and you just hear him like in his death throes. Yeah. Uh, and that just, man, is that hard. And then like, <laughs> uh, cannibal Holocaust is about, um, it's about a group of, uh, documentary people in the seventies who find out about this tribe in the Amazon that have not had modern contact. So they're going to make contact with them. And the reason I wanted to see it was it was originally a found footage movie, like in the seventies. Oh, okay. And like the director intentionally hid the cast of the movie to like build just like he did like a Blair Witch campaign, mm-hmm. essentially like he like kept them from the limelight and then released the movie and he actually got like brought up to trial uh for the murder of these kids from the movie and like had he had to bring them in to like show like no they're still alive this was all fake like oh my god uh, and so uh but that's another one that just like it's a one timer like it uh and there's in the scene there's a scene in that where they like they kill and slaughter this like giant river turtle. And I think there's, that's even in the commentary. Like that's the one thing that he regretted doing for the movie. Cause they actually like slaughter this turtle oh, and man. cook it and like to and film it happening, you know? Oh. And, oh, man. and like, I, it just, yeah, it, that really bothered me a lot too. So, um, yeah, those movies are, I I approached the last house on the left at, kind of academically though the very like trepidatious I was I was scared to watch it for sure, but then I did like I listened there was two commentaries one with kind of cast members and the other with the producer and West uh, I can't remember his name he went on to direct Friday the Thirteenth Sean something yeah um, <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates the shout out <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta find out now uh, here. <laughs> 72 okay Sean, it's right on the tip of my tongue oh no i'm not gonna get it where is the damn trivia i guess uh come on okay there it is so he he took the those exploitation elements and used the kind of the plot of a movie called the virgin spring which was a uh, Enigma Bergman kind of like classy picture <laughs> from yeah. uh, 1960 for like 12 years earlier. So, um, but hearing the, so they, it's, it's kind of sort of improvised in certain ways. And um, the, the young kind of uh, virginal character 
it was truly afraid of the sort of villainous guys uh, in real life. Yep. And uh, and that I don't have you seen some of or heard any of this backstory? It's well, I mean, I know like he the the main villain talked about how I I heard a I, an interview that he did where he's like, you know, I was on the subway. This was after the movie came out. I was on a subway and like like a woman saw realized you could see on her face she realized who i was and she like got off on the next stop like (laughs) she didn't want to ride on the same car with me and he kind of attributes that movie like it started and ruined his like acting career like he yeah nobody could see him outside of that role and i it's really creepy because he didn't he do the soundtrack too like he recorded like all the songs so it's like this like happy folk song esque soundtrack that doesn't fit the movie at all that's right it's so yeah. jarring like that soundtrack is just so jarring because it contrasts the movie so much and oh yeah. yeah it makes it all the worse so like, and that stuff somehow ends up working even though they kind of like all those people didn't necessarily really know what they were doing it was just some kind of alchemy that for the most part works out there's a kind of subplot with like um sort of hapless sheriffs one of which is the is um Oh, I can't remember his name. Hey, wait, Chris. I got the IMDb. Martin Cove, Martin Cove, who plays Crease uh, in the Karate Kid movies, the Cobra Kai um, dojo leader. Um, but uh, that kind of doesn't work. Like it's sort of comedic in a way that falls short. Whereas the the juxtaposition of of David Hess's like jaunty folk score with the uh, um, you know the the bad things that happen on, on, on screen are pretty upsetting, but he, he was, it's weird. Like the commentary for it reveals a lot of these guys to have been, you know, they're acting obviously to some extent, but like Hess is, I don't know. He, he came off as pretty creepy and really he's talking they're talking about that scene, the first, um, uh, rape scene. And it's a song of his, and she just kind of goes blank. The, the character, um, the um, sort of the young virginal character because then there's the other supposedly more worldly character um who tries to help her through it and it's ultimately killed earlier on but so that one's got this haunting song of him singing like now you're by yourself and uh and he was saying in the commentary that that i don't know I'm sorry, sorry this is so creepy but he's just like he says at one point he's like i could have fucked her <laughs> i'm just like what <laughs> and and oh. they kind of they didn't like i don't know very well assure her that that wouldn't happen i was a very it's just a very dangerous feeling movie and for good reason because yeah it was a pretty uh i don't know um reckless like set but but the weird thing about it is like that it happens to work in this terrifying way um a yeah. lot of which is even set up by that title because i mean if it had a silly title like the last house on the left that's so creepy yeah um anyway yeah i, I don't know and you don't know a... why it's creepy like if you don't know the movie and you hear that title you're like yeah that's a that's a horror movie yeah it's but just a there's foreboding the, title yeah and there's not any reason why it should be that way it just is so oh man boy, that's is it. it yeah <laughs> sorry about this boy, is it. we have to not the homework cannot be any of the cannot be anything creepy i guess i think i got to Go for either the Turbo Kid or or Beyond the Black Rainbow because I've met my uh my. I think Beyond the Black Rainbow will be like uh might be just a hair creepy, but 
I did not actually finish that when I started it. I made it about maybe two thirds of the way through it. Uh, so that might be a good one just because um, I will essentially be watching it completely for the first time okay. if I watch that as well. So, and I think I can find that to be able to watch it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we could either, we could either do either one of those. Um, if you want to finish Turbo Kid, uh, cause then we could definitely bring in a conversation about, uh, oh, what's the other one that I gave you? Oh, Kung, Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause it, it, I, I really feel, I watched both of those together, like kind of really close together and, they both have the same kind of feel to me. I, th- you know, whereas I think Kung Fury is a satire of all of those 80, 80s tropes. Yeah. Uh, Turbo Kid is kind of like in the vein of Stranger Things, where I feel like it, they're they were inspired by all of those things, and this is what we made with that inspiration. Um, so it, it's. Let's do that one. I, I like, and plus I like the, those those some of these early. The one that stood out for me that you mentioned last time was Beyond the Black Rainbow. So, yeah. Uh, there's something to I think I wanted before we started this uh, podcast project at all to have watched the movies you recommended to me like months ago. <laughs> so maybe okay. this is a way of catching up. <laughs> um, okay, so, so let's do Turbo Tur- Kid. Let's do yeah, let's do Turbo Kid, and I'll watch that too, and then uh, well, that'll give us something. We'll have a, a homework section where yeah. we'll. So, uh, we have that new Palmer's Picks uh, thing. Yeah, the Palmer's Pick. <laughs> yeah. Palmer's Pick, yeah. And then uh, we'll go, we'll do Dave's homework. And then uh, uh, I like both of those segments. And then, um, yeah, maybe something just like we could both recommend something that we've watched and haven't talked about. In oh. the la- like since the last time we recorded, like yeah, we watch this or we listen to this. Like it could just be any form of media. Like check this out. Yeah, yeah. You know, to the audience. Yeah, uh, I kind of like um, in terms too of a, just a general format. Uh, like today, how we started talking right off the bat, and it kind of like, you know, I don't know, because we the, this such a big part of it is, is for us to stay in touch and catch up. So it could there's a certain amount of just like happened today, like. Uh, how you doing? What you've been doing since last time? What have you been, you know, what have you been watching and listening to? That kind of thing. Right. Oh, yeah. That, that no, that's be good. where some of that stuff comes um, that we just chat about. Uh, to the to that end, uh, I finished Salem's Lot, the book. Oh, and yeah, then I was just going to I managed to get through the, the 1970, what is it? <laughs> I can look it up. <laughs> oh. I gotta find a way where I can talk. A uh, seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. Um, I guess it was a TV miniseries, but it was basically like two nights. Um, yeah. Um, I I enjoyed that. I really love these these with about these Stephen King uh, adaptations. That I was aware of these stories and movies, but I hadn't I haven't seen them. It was, it was similar for me with the some of these other ones I talked about, like the the John Carpenter and um and Wes Craven and stuff. And it, it's been fun to be back in like that that era where things were physical film with opticals and there was a kind of a a character and a quality to the just the media itself that sure is of the time that is not 
the current so it's it, current time so it's kind of a I, i've been enjoying being back and seeing those um just those kind of colors and sounds too and then these kind of new stories um but it's fun so that like the move the book came out in what i don't know 70 <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have these things up in front of me. Salem's Lot. Mm. I also want, with these Stephen King books that I like, to um, get some of these, not necessarily first edition, first edition, but I want my copies to resemble the the, the, per- the period ones. They're, they're available at reasonable prices, I found. Yeah, if you don't, if you're, if you don't need to have the first editions, you can get relatively older copies. But even still, like, um Stephen King for his new latest book uh did a book tour and he had a stop in Dayton and I had found out about it way early and was going to try to go to it and I told Ash I was like I would love my favorite of the Dark Tower books is the fifth one Wolves of the Kala and I told Ash I was like a great present would be a first edition of that that I could take and have Stephen King sign and then I found out, like I read, like he's not signing any any books or old books or any of those. So it must be something he doesn't do. Huh. Uh, so that and the it sold out in like eight minutes. There was no. Oh wow. Yeah. So there was no chance of me going to that. Um, but yeah, I uh, I've been I'm still working on because I I really only get a chance to listen and I don't have that huge of a commute especially now that I'm on summer break yeah. I really only listen to my audiobooks in the car I have since started to listen to them when I'm out walking or running uh, so oh, th- uh, that kind of sounds awful to me I refuse to to pair things like that that are joyful to me with with working out which is not so, so yeah a, i have a ban on that. well my and i agree with you so like I, I should not say running i can't run and listen to an audiobook because like anytime i'm running it's like i just got to get the fuck through this run yeah, like i I, not I, to die. <laughs> right? you know and so um uh so typically it's music when if i'm on a run but if i'm just walking i, I have no problems uh throwing my audiobook on just because uh it helps me escape from what I'm doing you know oh, like yeah. if I can get if I'm walking in an area that I'm familiar enough with that I really don't have to pay attention or I'm walking a route that I'm familiar enough with that I don't have to pay attention to what I'm going uh I can throw that audiobook on and the walk will be done before I know it like I actually there's been a couple of them where I'm like oh man I wish I like had another like 3000 steps I needed. So I could like, cause the book is getting really good. Um, but I'm, I'm still chipping away at uh Lisey's story, which is really good. Um, I I'm digging that a lot. So, uh, Salem's lot though, like, uh, Donald Callahan, huh? Like he's like the, the priest and he, uh, Oh yeah. Was he Donald? like, I didn't know. I wasn't as familiar with him, I think. Donald. Well, he's not. He's definitely not one of the main characters, but he is one of the three that like goes to fight the like Barlow at the end of the book. And um, yeah, like I just bring him up because he he ends up in other other works by Stephen King. So. Oh, um, you mean the the priest in the in the book? In the book. Yeah. Like the actual character. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. But he dies in the book. Hmm. 
No, uh, no. Because no. remember, or, oh no, right, he leaves. Oh, see, in the movie, they don't show that. I forgot. That was in the book, but not yeah. the movie. Like, how far do they take it in the book? Because I will be honest, like, again, I was in my younger, more chemically dependent days, the, the first two times I tried to go, I should go through Salem's lot now. Um, I'm, I'm curious how far they take his character in the book. So he confronts Barlow. Yeah. And he, and, I get, and get Barlow challenges his faith. Right. And yeah. he fails. And right. then does it, does it follow him back to his church where he burns his hand? He like tries uh, to enter the church. I'm, I don't remember that specifically though. That might've happened. That's, I guess the thing okay. that I remember, I'm trying to remember like if he, is it explicitly infected by Barlow or cause the next thing I remember is that he, he leaves town and gets it's, it starts drinking again. Yeah. Okay. So it probably does do the church thing. So he drinks his blood. He like Barlow, like forces him to drink. So he his is blood. okay. Yeah. So he is infected, right? No. Uh, yeah, he, but he's like that. He's that like cursed infected. So who, Tom Waits character from, uh oh yeah Renfield like, he's from like Renfield so he's he's like that where like he's he has he's consumed his blood but he wasn't drained first right so he just oh, is like marked right okay yeah so he's kind of his um I don't know what <laughs> yeah. servant of sorts but um so then, you'll you'll find out more about that once you get more into once you run back into him and later Stephen King work you find out like exactly what's wrong with him from drinking Barlow's blood. Oh, that's uh, fun. I didn't, I guess I did realize that connection that there was some connection only because I saw an entertainment weekly article. We get that yeah. here at the house and dark towers on the front of it. And it talks oh, about yeah. the connected uh, world. Yeah. So, um, you'll find out in the dark when he shows up in the dark tower, like how, how that affected him. But he like, so he drinks the blood and then he tries to go back to the church because he wants to reclaim his faith because okay, he yeah. he realizes he lost it. And he like grabs the handle of the door of the church and it like electrocutes and like gives him like third degree burns on his hand. Like home like, alone. Yeah, like that. <laughs> like just like that. Because uh, he like God has officially like turned his back on him. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when he gets on the bus and starts drinking again. Okay. And, yeah, uh, to get out of oh, town. I don't and think they showed that in the movie, so that's why I forgot. Yeah, but that's and that's pretty much how he like ends in the book. Like that's that that's all you know about him from Salem's Lot. Yeah, and what's interesting is like you know he doesn't show up until the fifth book of the Dark Tower, and which is in the two thousands, like in the early two thousands. Oh, so wow. it goes from like the seventies, and then all of a sudden, like you know, what thirty years later, here he is showing up again in another Stephen King book. So. Uh, which is really interesting. But, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I really enjoyed the movie, and it was fun that it was, as I say, of the time. I was looking back to see the, what the timeline was like. So, you know, uh, Carrie came out in um, 1974, the book, and then then the film f- followed, um, was it that year? Uh, two years later, in 76, by which time, so if 75... Salem's Lot comes out and then that movie comes out on television in um 79 yeah 79 so it's all kind of of the period particularly this far 
on. So it ha- it was cool that it kind of felt that uh, like cuz I could get more easily I was able to get the 2004 version with uh Rob Rob Lowe, but I was like I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the one that sort of feels like the right time of the book. And so I I, I oh, enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Um and and it felt remarkably kind of at least up until the last, I don't know, quarter of it or half an hour or something like that. It I was like, wow, they're getting a lot of this in here. Um, so I, I, I dug it. I thought it was pretty cool. And it was fun for me that it was directed by Toby Hooper. Um, I feel like okay. he might have done it like right after Chainsaw. Um, let me check. Now I'm curious. Um, I don't know. So that's, yeah, Toby Hooper. I love that in the, um, in the, in the Canon documentary, uh, Electric Boogaloo, where, where they're talking about, you know, acquiring these other sort of like sequels to well-known, um, you know, original yeah. movies or franchises. And they did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which that wasn't what they wanted, was some kind of kind of overblown comedy. But I had never realized that the poster was a parody of The Breakfast Club, which I'm yeah. looking at now. It's so awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, man. And I have not I, seen that one yet. I did see uh, the the original one time, and I loved it. I just kind of haven't gotten around to it again. But I think about it a lot. And I guess it was he did a couple in between there. But anyway, it was fun to. That was kind of a yeah. fun little sidebar to that. No, that's that is cool. I, I, um, I've I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I and three is the one with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, right? Uh maybe. Yeah, I want to say, I don't. Yeah, because that one they call what like the next generation. It was nineteen ninety five. Because I yeah. remember that coming out. Um, I like two a lot, and and two. That's is, got Dennis Hopper, right? Two. Yeah, Dennis Hopper is in that, and that introduces um, the the guy that ended up being in the Rob Zombie movies, House of oh, a Thousand Corpses, yeah. and uh, Devil's Rejects, and he essentially plays a more graphic version of the same character for that. He did from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, uh, in those movies, oh, that's crazy. which those are like one timers too. I, you don't need to ever go back. I, I mean, how devil's rejects is like so horrific. For some um, reason, those didn't, there's one scene in, uh, yeah, the devil's rejects that, that bugs me where the girls run in with like the, other face on her face yes <laughs> that 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 really yeah. upset me but for some reason the rest of it of hit those zombie movies the the t- uh, rob zombie movies the first couple especially didn't genuinely disturb me they more felt i, I was more aware of sort of the homages he was doing yeah to the those kind of others genres but the bride for some reason this is not her cup of tea but she she's very fascinated by those first those couple of movies and also super disturbed by them yeah, we actually talked about Devil's Rejects when we were visiting you oh, guys. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, those movies, you know, like she talks about how like it took her forever to get uh, the Devil's Rejects out of her head. I think that like last shot when they're, you know, they're so, you, I mean, you get to the point where you want them to just, they've, they've done so many horrific things. You're like, these guys just need to get taken out. Like yeah. you're. I, I I mean I don't know if that's counter to what Rob Zombie is like trying to like you know trying to get you to do, but you, I I was definitely ready. Like man, these guys need to get what's coming to them, and 
it comes down to that last scene and they're in the convertible and like they're bleeding out and they're about to die. And the cops are like, they're have a roadblock up and you're like, all they got to do is just like end it and this will be it. And like, you know, he like shakes awake, um, Sherry moon and like, uh, she starts handing like guns back and they're like, and they're like reluctantly still going to make their stand. Like they're still going to go down fighting. And you're just like, that kind of redeemed it a little bit. But at the same time, it's like it, the, it, it's slow motion a little bit. And it's got uh Leonard Skinner is playing as the soundtrack. And yeah. it, it doesn't, again, like the music doesn't fit what's going on. And, Oh, yeah, that scene. I can I can replay that whole like final like standoff like in my head and like how the the car is like going towards them and then I've only seen that once. Yeah, it I don't I don't know you. that very well. I I remember when it came out, um I was a an English major at Kent State, kind of getting a little further into my studies to where you know, classes were harder, professors were harder, and I had this one professor that, you know, we're studying all this old highfalutin literature and she was talking about that movie had as how like how excellent it was or well done and i was like hmm so i was fascinated i think that's why I saw wow it all the time. i just looked yeah. up uh, there's texas chainsaw massacre three is the one that starts leatherface colon texas chainsaw, okay and it's from 1990 okay uh and it's got vigo mortison is in it i'm looking at the cast and ken foray that's um i'm pretty sure that's uh gosh what's his name in and dawn of the dead uh he's the he's the black dude not uh not raj but uh oh yeah peter peter <laughs> he's like <laughs> <Raj>. peter <laughs> oh, it's classic. I love that movie. I and I that's that's another one. I I have such a affection for the horror movies that we talked about of the 30s and 40s, but I didn't see those were sort of the horror movies I watched as as a preteen. So all of yeah. these other ones I'm catching up to now and in the last few years and um I don't know, yeah, it's been really fun for me. The Dawn of the Dead was in the in I saw Night of the Living Dead at some point when I was in my late teens, but I saw Dawn of the Dead I, you know, in the last five years, five or six years, and now I watch yeah. it every year and just, I, I enjoy it so much. Um, I don't know. I like that guy. <laughs> it is so good. Like, it's just so good. I, well, I mean, horror movies were one of those things that when I was growing up, I was never, they were never censored to me. Like I was allowed to watch them and you know, I watched The Exorcist when I was super young and like, and it's just always, so they're like comfort food for me, but they yeah. have to be, they have to be good, you know? And I, uh, if you, well, you've read, uh, dance or, or listened to, uh, yeah, dance, dance macabre. And, uh, so those are like the, those are like the Frankenstein genre are the ones that I really can get behind a lot where there's like some kind of monster that's involved in them, you know? And like, uh, because that's what was in the eighties. That's what existed. There was like nightmare on Elm street and there was Friday the 13th. And so you have Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Yeah. And then like the alien movies are 
That's my seen, favorite. I haven't seen those first two. Isn't that crazy? Oh man, there's a like lot those... of stuff like that I haven't seen. And that's my favorite franchise, I think, of films. Oh, really? Alien... Yeah. I mean, even more. I I love Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I even like Star Trek. Um, I but those are by far my favorite franchise of films, and that's because each one is like a different kind of movie. Oh, you know, right. Like the... Yeah. So the first so... one is a horror movie. The second one is an action movie. Yep. I have seen three and four. But I couldn't uh, tell you th- what kind of movies they are. <laughs> I the third one I think is really like this like noir character piece. It's like so quiet and so they build so much between uh uh Ripley and the male I can't think of his name. He's on Game of Thrones right now. Um oh. let me see. The rapiest of all TV shows. Do you guys watch that one? Oh yeah. Uh well I I've, I've watched uh I think the first four seasons and Ash caught enough of it that because that was one where I was like, this show is not because of the rapey stuff and all the violent stuff. I was like, this show is not for you at all. And that just but gets then, worse. I mean, we're yeah. one season behind right now and, and we're sticking with it because supposedly this season, a lot of the people that were, you know, in peril and stuff have a kind of a, there's an uptick or, you know, or they get their comeuppance and stuff. Man, I just, I know people love that show and I could see that it's well done, but for me it's like, I don't know, I could take it or leave it. I like the yeah. you know, the nudity. <laughs> oh yeah, well that I mean that of course is like that's that's great. Uh Charles Dance is the guy from Alien 3. So like it's between Sigourney Weaver and Charles Dance. It's just this like beautiful relationship building that happens in that movie and like you oh, hardly no, see the of... alien at all and then it's a Fincher film. Like they yeah. brought Fincher on like after they had wasn't already that, blown all of their budget. Wasn't that his and, first like, theatrical thing? It was his first. The- and uh, he tried to Alan Smithy it, I guess. And they wouldn't right, let right. him. And like, uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I love, I love it. I love in Al- alien three. This is the funny thing is like, you know, everybody bitches about alien three. They think it's the worst one in the series. That's my favorite one in the series. Oh my goodness. Cause it's so different than all the other ones. And because of all this, like behind the, it's the, like there's a ton of behind the scenes stuff for aliens. Um, you know, cause that's a James Cameron and he like really, there's like just a ton of behind the scenes stuff for that. But there's all, there's the documentary for, that's behind the scenes for alien three. That's on the alien quadrilogy set. It's, it's like two and a half hours long and it's, oh, it's this is, fant- my por- this is kind of like my porn yeah. these kind of things. I love these sorts of like, oh. and it's, and nobody pulls any punches about like the, the production of alien three. Like they're all like, yeah, it was a shit show. That's like the bottom line of everybody is like, it was a shit show. Like, Fincher was like writing pages the night before they were about to shoot them because there was no script when he came on board. Like they had thrown out the script that, but then they had already built like these huge, they blew all their budgets on like the sets and everything. So he had to like write, essentially write a script for the sets that they had made. And like, Oh wow. Oh, it was, it's, it's crazy. Like Cyborg, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. That they they were um, canon. That was right when they went bankrupt. Um, there was going to be a second Masters of the Universe movies, and so, that, so they had all these expensive sets and stuff, and then just nothing. So they somehow yeah. kind of came 
came up with that that movie, which is oh, a man. super creepy movie that I like. <laughs> I would I would highly recommend if you like if you have Cyborg. any like secondhand like <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that'll I, be I my, making, my I was making you recommend Cyborg. <laughs> say say your your piece again. I uh, I I maybe that'll be my homework assignment is I'll watch Cyborg. Oh well no well hmm. No. <laughs> I'm sure there's other Jean-Claude Van Damme you'd rather me watch. Well, in a way, though, actually, you know, that would be... I don't want the homework assignments to be overwhelming. Yeah. But... I, I I like Time Cop a lot, though. That's that's probably... If I was going to pick... It, it, that That is a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that comes to my mind when I think of Jean-Claude Van Damme is, Jean, is Time Cop. That was uh, right, kind of... That's sort of right after the heyday for, for me. I still... You know, I don't know. If I had to give you a homework now, that that would be the best I could think. Is Cyborg, and there's some interesting backstory to that too. Okay, uh, but watch. I would watch the theatrical one. It's it's okay. as close to like a horror movie as he was in. I find that movie okay. genuinely disturbing, uh, but really watchable. I don't okay, know. you know it's yeah. a it's Golan Globus. <laughs> it's a it's a Albert Pian, I think is how you say his name, who made so many kind of reputedly terrible movies but i some of which i some of which i like anyway the, i i do dig that movie um so it's as long as we're talking horror movies and somehow yeah. crossing in jcvd and also besought uh, uh productions um anyway that'd be kind of interesting um well i what i was saying is if you if there's like any kind of secondhand a DVD movie store. Oh yeah. That you frequent. If you see, you can probably pick up even a Blu-ray version of the alien quadrilogy, which is all four alien films. And then each one has like a multi hour behind the scenes documentary plus like cut scenes, plus like a theatrical and director's slash extended cut of each one. And like, it's a it's a great box set. I think it's nine DVDs, nine discs in this box set, and uh, definitely it's worth picking up, especially if it's a discounted used version. Um, but I think you can even get a Blu-ray copy for like thirty bucks at Best Buy. Uh, it's totally worth it. Uh, you'd get all four films, and then yeah, it is three months. Bucks months worth of extra stuff so oh that sounds uh, that sounds fantastic I've, I've always wanted to dig into those so that would be a great yeah looks like a great way to do that we should we should plan a like alien quadrilogy episode i think because because it, it is my favorite franchise like we i could talk for two hours at least about that franchise and just how awesome it like so awesome that we've rolled like i have recommended you know you do the conversation about like Oh, if we have a girl, what would you name it? And like one oh. of my to- one of my top picks is Ripley for a That's girl. That's awesome. Like, so, um, I think our buddy Pumps was considering that for a girl. Really? Oh, there was something else awesome. Maybe it was, maybe it was Furioso or something like that. Maybe it was Ripley. <laughs> I don't know something like based on a, a kick-ass character. And I mean, ultimately his his kid's name is max like (laughs) probably not for mad max but maybe not (laughs) probably probably he's like he's like i I don't know it doesn't bother me i'll tell you that (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome that's a great girl name great girl name. yeah 
So, um, yeah, that, oh man, and Sigourney Weaver, I, I've, I've gotten in debates. She's gotten, she gets hotter through the, like Larry and I used to get in this big debate all the time, like which Ripley was the hottest. And he swears it's the like actual alien, like from the first one, Ripley, but she's so, I don't know, not she's, I think she's hottest in the last one in uh, alien resurrection but she's intentionally supposed to be hot in that one. So that's the one with uh, Winona Ryder in it. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. I saw three and four. I don't remember either of them very well. Yeah. Well, in uh well four, I know you've talked about, we've had conversations about the director of four before. Let me bring that up. Oh, real really? Quick. I remember um, seeing four because of <laughs> Winona Ryder. <laughs> Cause I was watching all her movies at the time. Yeah. Uh, when it came out. The director of that is, um, uh, Jean Pierre Genet. Oh, that rings a bell. Or Genet. He's dude, done. He did like City of Lost he did, Children and. Yep, and Amelia, uh, Amelie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Delicatessen. If you haven't seen. Yes, I think I've of those three that we mentioned. I think I've only actually seen uh, Amelie, <laughs> but I'm aware of the others. <laughs> uh, I watched City of Lost Children. I have not seen Amelie. Uh, oh, and Amelie I've heard... is so fun. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. But I like him because he uses, like, the same core of actors, you know, like Ron Perlman's one of his favorites, and oh, I love yeah. Ron Perlman, you know, so. Um, Good. Do you go to his IMDb, IMDb, IMDb page? No. Go me... go there real quick. Ron, um, the director, not Ron Perlman. Funny, oh, the it's director. A very, it's a very funny picture. Oh, yeah, with the big eyes. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's classic. Oh, he hasn't he hasn't made that many movies really. Yeah. In the last so many years. But like all of them have a cult years. following. Yeah. Like in some form or another. So um man, I would love to do an I would love to do an alien episode where we just talk about the alien quadrilogy. That, that might have to be awesome. a series too. Um, yeah. yeah. A series of episodes to get the uh get it all in there. Yeah. Ha- so has Ash seen them all now? Or is that... No, no, Ooh, she hasn't. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know if she could handle. Um, oh, I so yeah. Like the first one, definitely. I don't know if she could handle because that it, it like, there's, oh, it's so disturbing. Like, the the analogy for that first one is it's a movie about rape. Like the the, the oh, mean, I've heard that. God, um, this is the rapiest episode of Long Walk Short Drink Up we ever had. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Like, <laughs> episode two, and we just keep coming back. We have a recurring theme of rape in this I'm just going to watch man. cartoons tonight before I go to bed. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. have heard that, I have heard that analogy, though. I wonder. I'll have to check with the bride to see if she's seen them or if maybe she wanted to get in on it to, so that I do. Because I think anytime I can pair a viewing with her that will help oh yeah um, uh but let's let's shoot for turbo kid for our next recording yeah um and we'll talk about that a little bit uh and we we can we can include uh kung fury in that discussion i think yeah because that's only like 20 kind of, minutes right or something it's short yeah, thir- yeah it's 30. a half hour i'll try and to it's, rewatch that one too then. and it's and it's really in the same vein uh like i said i think kung fury is more of a satire of those those uh, tropes, whereas Turbo Kid is like that. It's inspired by those tropes. Um, 
I, I just love that they ride BMX bikes and like, it's uh, a synth, it's a synth soundtrack. And like, yeah, I am. I do uh, remember, I, I mean, I'll save it for the next time, but the one thing I remember other than a general vibe and kind of a, yeah, is the, is the opening song. I was just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but yeah, so let's shoot for that. Uh, okay. I think, yeah, I think we're, I think we're good. What yeah. do you think? I, 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 yeah, I'm good. Um, the only thing I, uh, we, somehow we got to, I mean, honestly, we could just tag on. That was a long walk for short drink. Uh, I could. We'll get there out. eventually. I could. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I could break out that book and not read through it, but just look at it and mention something and get the cyborg from that. Or we could just kind of roll over that thing too. Cause I don't want there to be too much. So much homework that it's like, well, we can't. <laughs> oh, I might like, I might just. Oh, I forget. You'd have a little extra time right now. Yeah, we could. I mean, we could always save Cyborg if we want to like trade off uh, homework assignments or um, I mean, even if it's if I watch it and I, we, we just touch base on it next episode. I mean, Turbo yeah. Kid won't be the only thing we'll talk about. So, yeah, I don't um, need to do like a half hour on Cyborg. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I could, but <laughs> it's, 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 uh, uh, I, I think, I think one of the, one of the things that I want to try to do is I want to try to, like, I want to try to understand your love of Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> oh, like, through, well then absolutely. Through, That's through gonna this. Be... Uh, this whole podcast yeah any of my numerous sort of obsessions that are not really well um appreciated by anyone else in my life (laughs) well that's not true there are certain people that appreciate certain things and then some that i'm on on my own with but well uh, and i absolutely (laughs) appreciate it because it like it's such a great piece of you you know what i mean like i love the fact that you have like a jean-claude van damme five inch three ring binder i do and i used to make my basically i would pretty much do my impersonation of him in, in our action movies that that me and Jack would make. Yeah. Um well let me go grab my binder quick because I think one of the categories is top ten chocolate damn movies. <laughs> of course it is. So we won't I need, the whole thing. Like we need to hear that we need to this is a good way to end this episode. Yeah. I need to hear the, the uh, top ten particularly John with, Van Damme list. Particularly like with one of the things you want to uncover through the course of this entire series is understand my love for him. <laughs> Uh, okay so i'll go grab that and then we'll we'll use that little thing to wrap her up but i'll keep them keep things roll i'll keep them rolling because i'll be very quick and then that way uh, okay the sync will uh line up so i'll be right back all right all right okay sorry it wasn't where i initially thought i so so earlier we were talking about um, you know, showing movies to your partner in the early part of your relationship where you're in some ways, I guess, still getting to know each other, at least each other's, you know, uh, past and, and favorite things and stuff. So I, at the time when the bride and I were getting together, we spent our first year or so, maybe even two, um, living apart. She lived in, uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, and I was living in Northeast Ohio, um, sorry i just ran for my notebook no (laughs) you're fine um so i i uncovered a bunch of uh so we sent each other a lot of things and i i uncovered this box of stuff that i i had sent her and it's um i'm not sure how many pages if this is numbered 
but it's like I guess you can kind of see it in the video chat one of those old like school um folders that has the prongs in the middle to so you yeah can, you can kind of fit in a bunch of pages and uh so it's kind of thick for it's single-sided prints and then i it must have gotten the little synopses from imdb or something because it'll so i have it's just it says favorites for and then her real name yeah. <laughs> it says by david Holland. i credit so stupid. <laughs> like who else is this gonna be from uh, february 7th 2006 um so we would have been together just about a year and then at the bottom, this is the title page. Uh, it, it kind of looks like a book. And then it says, note at the bottom, no attempt at rank is made. Genres are alphabetized and the selections within or are organized chronologically. The editor owns, parentheses, or has once owned a copy or copies of all titles, excluding entries marked with an asterisk, which simply indicates a purchase not yet made. (laughs) 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 All synopses synopses excerpted from Amazon.com in the Internet Movie Database. So just for today, I'm looking at... Oh, so I have a kind of a table of contents here. Oh, my God. So I'll, I'll list the categories, and maybe someday we'll dig into some of these, but... Uh, so all because I can't really rank things in any way. Yeah. Uh, it's all just alphabetical chronological. So action is a, is the first category. The next category is biopics like biographies. Then next followed by comedy. Then the next section is crime slash drama slash mystery slash thriller. I decided to group all those in there, which seem to all be David Lynch or Tarantino flicks or Fincher for the most part. I mean, anyway, there's a lot of reincarnation. <laughs> Documentary. Drama has its own category. Huh, interesting. Horror is a category. Midnight Matinee is a category. Nostalgic right. <laughs> is its own category. Science fiction slash fantasy. Tragic comedy. I made a... Uh, which is a lot of Cameron Crowe movies. <laughs> and uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, last and most certainly not least, simply titled Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> So I chose t- <laughs> I chose ten for each of these. All right, and so and and perhaps as a as a means to beginning to the, your journey of trying to understand my love for this the the, the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> um, <I'm> gonna, <laughs> do you want me to read all of what they are, or just single one out for this this week? Well, I have Cyborg to watch for next. Yeah, so Cyborg is in there. All uh, right, nineteen eighty nine, directed by Albert Pian. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but it's P Y U N. I don't know. All right. So Yun. yeah. So I don't. Maybe maybe that's for the best. Like that we don't just name them. Well, all and I now. mean, and I've seen Bloodsport. I've seen Time Cop. I've seen. Uh, what's the one where he plays twins? Oh, double which impact. One? There's three in which he plays some kind of twins. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I love you. Like, like I not, I don't love John Claude Van Damme, but I love this about John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Cause you know that. Oh like, my god! Oh, that's um, brilliant. I'm excited to to talk about this with you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, all right. Well, if you were gonna pick one from that list, like you, or you could email me the list, and I could just surprise you with which one I watched off of that. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Mm, like, I have to think about that. 
because it might be fun for anyone whoever may come across this because believe it or not the man has many fans yeah Uh, (laughs) even now and he's very active on um social media twitter which is so hilarious because just let's i just before we go i want to go randomly to his like facebook page and see because for instance the he did a um a commentary for one of his movies the only commentary i've ever heard him do and it was in 2001 and he clearly just does not understand how commentaries work like he's never heard one and so he um he's just talking and he'll just say things like about the movie but not the kind of things you're used to hearing so he's like not my character is going into the into the room he's gonna have a fight with this guy and both of their emotions come out and uh he's uh, like he's like telling you what you can already see i guess yeah but then he signs off all the time so he's like i'll talk to you soon and he stops talking for a while and they (laughs) they had to they had to like have other people in you know kind of supplement the commentary and then at one point midway through he just goes He's talking in in some point. So this one's actually for a movie called Replicant. So he he's talking, and uh, he says, oh, "This is another movie where he plays some kind of twins or two characters, two of the main characters." And he goes like, "He's like now back to Replicant." Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't probably hear the microphone, but it's so weird. It's like he's doing these ads or something, and then uh. and then midway through or something, he's just he's talking, he's doing more of the things, and he just goes. He's, you just hear him go, fuck, I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? The movie is good. I'm here with my friends. He's recording me. I have some earphones on. <laughs> and like, and then that, that's kind of the last you hear from him. <laughs> he's like, he's, he can't be bothered with the commentary. Like, he, just doesn't, the, the... he doesn't understand, I don't think. Like, yeah, he's that's like, what are awesome. we doing? What am I telling you about? <laughs> it's like, you oh. can watch the movie for yourself. Oh, oh that's awesome. Um, All right. Okay. So well, what was I? I was looking up. Oh, one, one, one post from uh, JCVD Facebook. I'll read to you in my imitation, um, and then we'll we'll sign off. Jean Claude Van Damme. He has on the Facebook. Whoa! How do you do that? Seven. About. About 18 million, I guess, is what wow. likes or whatever. Um, let me find one. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> There's just this thing. <laughs> I gotta send you the link because I don't even know how to. Ex- I wasn't prepared for this. Like, I there's one level of what I thought was gonna happen, and then there's this. Okay. Oh, I wonder if you, yeah, you should be able to go there. It's a public site. Does that work? That link? Yeah, it should. There we go. So a little bit down on July 30th, it just says, Hey fans, you still have time to enter my Jean-Claude Van Johnson poster contest. The submissions are looking amazing. Post your poster below for a chance to go live with me. Hashtag JCVD. Hashtag Amazon pilots. <gasps> what? Amazon <laughs> pilots? That's the... <laughs> oh. oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a video. <laughs> This is, this is all of this. All of this is why I need to know. I need to understand this relationship that you have with Jean-Claude Van Damme. If you scroll like, down, if you scroll down, oh my God, if you, if you scroll down, he's like bursting through these doors. Hold 
on. I gotta play it. I gotta know what he says. <laughs> it's like 10 seconds. All right, let's see if this works. Oh, God. comes through these like closet doors yeah yeah <laughs> oh i mean i could i get it like it like Holy shit. Uh, i'm obviously not gonna sleep tonight because there's a lot to dig into here oh, but i should man. let it go holy yeah. crap <laughs> oh that's hilarious okay all right well I think we did a lot of good here yeah great episode <laughs> absolutely great episode I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we, we'll get there eventually, as always, with Long Walk, Short Drink. Uh, listen for our next episode where we will talk about Turbo Kid and Cyborg, apparently, amongst other things. So, and a possible po- Palmer's pick. That, yeah, talk to, yeah. Talk to the boss about that one. <clears throat> yeah, I will uh, I will see how if we can get that to happen. So, all right. Signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Cheers.